Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to Welcome in. It's a great time to be a young hockey player with a lot of playoffs going on in various leagues across the globe. And who better to discuss the Sabre prospects than Chris Baker. Bakes, how are you? Doing well. It's mid-April. we got the world under 18s coming. Sabres prospects in the playoffs, the draft. You can start to see it in a couple months here. I'm feeling good, man. All right. And when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. Self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations, whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek. The Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play. The Sports Book at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. If I presented you two options, to start elaborating upon, Yuri Kulik, <laughs> Matt Savoy, who are you taking? Who do you want to paint the brightest picture for? Yeah, boy, that's tricky. Let's go with the guy uh, that might, well, I don't know. I think they're both going to play for a while. Let's start with Savoy. Because okay. I think that, you know, I think that, you know, the Amherst got a lot of good coverage in Buffalo and maybe not enough people are talking about Matt Savoy and what he's been doing in Winnipeg this year. Um, I think fans would be happy to know that if they were watching his stats early in the season, he's completely right in the ship statistically, even though he was playing well all along. Okay. And that's the reality of his game. Pucks just weren't going in Well, they're going in now. Um, you know, he's, he's producing at a clip here in the playoffs right now, leading the Winnipeg ice in their second round series. They're currently tied one, one with a very strong moose jaw team, but you know, a lot of the attributes with Savoy's game and what we talked about, a year ago, leading up to the draft, everything he does is fast. He's very offensively wired. We've seen him this year be just an all situations force. He's out there killing penalties. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays big. He's initiating contact to make plays. I've seen him do some different things with the puck this year. You know, there's been elite level plays made from start to finish. And that was the key factor, really, when the pucks weren't going in. He was still making some very big plays early in the year, Duffer. Mm -hmm. where, you know, just little things like changing his shot angle, holding on to pucks a little bit more, being patient to make better high uh, efficiency plays, finding line mates. He doesn't have as much tunnel vision as maybe he had when he was a younger player in the USHL with Dubuque and that, that short runway that he had last year with Winnipeg. But overall, very dynamic. I think if you look at the WHL scoring right now, I think he's up to like 14 points. I have it written down here. He's got yeah, 14 four points in six games, okay? Mm -hmm. The first two players ahead of him are Connor Bedard, all world, number one coming in June, and Logan Stankoven from Kamloops, who was reigning CHL player of the year last year. Mm -hmm. So everything's looking up for Savoy. What does it mean for the fall? That's probably your next question, right? Well, no, that's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you, is Savoy and Kulix this year, Quinn and Paterka? I think they are. I think they are. So... There's, and you know, it's tough. Like Kulik, obviously we're, we'll talk about him in a second, I think, but with Savoy, you know, you got to remember when he came into camp last year, he was still coming off the rehab. He didn't have a year of working out, building up upper body strength, core strength. He's going to have that this year. I think he's going to be really ready to go when NHL training camp begins, prospects challenge, get him in with the big boys. Um, I don't think there's any question that he's going to stick around past final cuts. He's going to get some games, maybe draw it out a little bit. 
you know, if they can kind of keep him in Buffalo with the team, sprinkle some games with some kind of watching up top, like classroom session style, and then send him to World Juniors and then figure it out from there, that would be my plan. I think that <clears throat> he's good enough. He, he's fast enough. He's going to get knocked to the ice. That just happens, right? But I think he's going to learn. He's going to adapt quickly. I think he's going to do well as long as they rip it off in small chunks, keep him around. I think there's more to gain, Marty, keeping him around the team and delaying that decision of do I have to send him back, right? Because we know that Rochester's not in the equation. That's how I see it playing out. Find a spot to stash him on the roster. What do you think, Marty? Um, I've been saying it all along. I think that that's the new... Yeah, but you haven't painted the it the same way Bakes just did with the World Junior stuff. Okay, that's okay. All. So, so here's here's the way I look at it. Just like Quinn and Paterka this year uh, started one way, and then there was a rotation, right? It was like, oh, well, Quinn's going to play, and then, oh, well, he's going to sit too, and Paterka's going to play and sit too, and Crab's going to play and sit too, and there was a rotation. And about, you know, probably two and a half months by American Thanksgiving, Christmas, it was like, no, oh, they're they're everyday player now. They're not, I think that that same process could happen with Savoy where you test it out and you learn. But if by Christmas he's an everyday player, sorry, not sorry, Team Canada, he's with the Buffalo Sabres, right? But if that's not the case, then you have that option. I, I like that idea. Um, my brother did that his first year in the NHL, 19 years old, played for the New York Islanders. He played, and then at Christmas, they're like, go to the world juniors. He went to the world juniors and then they got an injury on defense and they're like, you know what? We thought we were going to send you back to juniors. No, you're coming right back to long Island and playing the rest of the year for the Islanders, right? You, you have options. Limiting your options is not a good thing to do. That would obviously open up all the options. So thanks. Uh, I like it. I like your train of thought. Yeah. And one of the things too, by the way, Duffer, sorry, is that it, like what I articulated, I think it's a worst case scenario. He could come in and be dynamite. Yeah. Right. and play every night and you know i'm still thinking though you know longer term might be beneficial to just kind of mentally commit right now even softly to saying let's go let him lead a lead a, a team at the world junior level set him back against his peers let him dominate and then come back and figure it out but other i don't see him in winnipeg full-time next year in october or november that's kind of what i'm saying right now do you see <laughs> and this is hard to do without a little bit more perspective in the short term from the GM and coach, but also whatever transpires between now and the start of next year. But if you're sitting here envisioning Savoy making the team, do you have ideal line mates for him at this point in time to help him attain that immediate success? It's really tough because, you know, all of a sudden you have this Casey Middlestad situation, right, where he's emerged as a centerman and like, where do you, what do you do with him? Because he could be your third if yeah. you have Tage and Cousins as one and two. And then maybe, you know, putting Savoy in there and kind of guarding his minutes as a, in a fourth line role, that's fine. And insulating him with some veteran guys isn't a bad idea either. Look at what they did with Peyton Krebs this year, mm -hmm. who also played from Winnipeg, by the way, right? But it's yep. like you have a little bit of that going on where I don't, I don't have a feel yet because I think, to your point, we have to hear what happened with the exit interviews more and kind of get some insight from Adams and Granado this week mm -hmm. to kind of see where they fit. But I don't have line mates. I think longer term, I mean, I could see, you know, pairing him with a Yuri Kulik, who I know we want to get to because I think they're both up here next year. Now, yeah. do you play them together? I don't know, because you're going to have a problem either way. <laughs> How young do you want to be? But, but isn't that amazing <laughs> though? You, you just say that about Savoy and Kulik and yet Quinn and Paterka 
for the most part, played on the same line all year long. And like, it was one thing to fantasize about, hey, they're going to make the jump. I don't think anybody anticipated that they were going to play as much as they did, which was basically the entirety of the year together, right? They played with a centerman who was, what, 22 years old? <laughs> 21 yeah. when it started. <laughs> 21 when it started. So, I mean, I guess anything is possible, Duffer. If this season taught us anything, it's yeah. that let's be open-minded to all sorts of combinations. Yeah. And, you know, I think the idea is, though, is that I, I'm really expecting Savoy to come in and be a much improved player than what mm-hmm. we saw last year, just given he's going to have an offseason. I think he was disappointed going back last year, just like Kulik was disappointed to go to the AHL in the beginning. Mm-hmm. These guys are already thinking about professionals. I think they already know what it's going to take to put the work in. Yeah. Savoy's dynamic player, and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and he's just like dynamite, almost like Mitch Marner was that second post draft year when he went into Toronto. Oh, that's a big name <laughs> and a big uh, step to follow. Let me ask you this about Yuri Kulik. We talked to you and we've asked you every time about his shot. I think it's it keeps getting better. Like I watch it and I say, well, he didn't shoot the puck like that in October. And it's getting better. Is, is is this me dreaming that his shot can continue to keep better again? It's kind of hard. I mean, it, you know, if the stick technology keeps improving, but I mean, this kid's strong, man, you know, and it's not just the slap shot. It's not just the wrist shot. It's the deeks and tight. It's elevating the puck quickly from in tight. I mean, he has the whole assortment of the shooting arsenal mastered almost i want to say i mean mm-hmm. the, it just the way that it flies off is the velocity it's just it's incredible but yeah could it get better can he get stronger i mean the kid already has a knack like a you know fully mature 28 year old guy in his prime i mean he's you know 19 years old it's it's really scary to think if it could get better but you know it's funny too you know when you look at his trajectory this year how valuable was that experience playing as a 17-year-old in the Czech Pro League coming in? It's almost like what you saw with Paterka. Mm-hmm. Paterka, when he came in, had a lot of runway leading up to his AHL beginning of his career, just coming off professionally in Europe. That that can't be overlooked. It just lends to a quicker, more seamless transition. And even for Kulik, though, it took him a couple of weeks to figure out how good that league was to really yeah. get it going. But, yeah, I mean, I, he's not going to be denied, guys, in, in camp. You know, so it's now you're looking at those guys that are up maybe on the bottom, those nine through 12, 13 forwards on the NHL roster right now. You got to figure it out. It's that's, you know, what's Kyla Posa going to do? What's Zemgis Gergensen's plans? Because those are directly going to impact how the Sabres are able to work with those two young players that we've talked about right now. Yeah, Joe's did Cooley get in. Sorry, Duffer. Did Cooley yep. get better after the World Juniors? Because you mentioned like Matt Savoy, like it could be like he's in Buffalo, goes to World Juniors, and then you have options like, did Cooley get better after the World Juniors? He had like 17 goals in his last 29 and one third games. Because I know, you know, basically we're going to count that last game as a, as a third duffer you were yeah. that you were calling. I would say yes, he did. Okay. He wasn't just shooting the puck; he was shooting the puck a ton all season. I think since like Thanksgiving, he was leading the team in shots on goal. Mm-hmm. But he shoots it accurately, and he was scoring more. And you know, he was also forced to center when Byro got hurt mid March. And I think that kind of gave him a different look and he kept succeeding. His goal production though went up, Marty. I mean, when he came back, he didn't, it was really since February one, he had that first couple of weeks when he came back from world juniors where he scored here and there, but man, February one and on, that's where he was piling up those, that 17 and 29 stat that I just ripped off. So what about uh, Roseanne and Rusek in all of this? Um, Seth, Appert has done uh, his absolute best to try to make sure that people don't forget about Roseanne. 
uh, when mentioning uh, Yuri Kulik, but Rusek was the one that was able to earn some NHL games this year. So I'm really curious how you view both of their next steps. So it's funny, Rusek, leading point getter for the Amherst this year, but to me, he's a bottom line energy guy, maybe a third line guy that can go up and plug a little bit when you need him to, because you're going to have so much talent and skill that Rusek's speed game, like I look at that Carolina game that the Sabres had a couple of weeks ago. I think I mentioned it to you in a tech stuff where I was like, Lucas Rusek would have thrived in that game environment because of the pace and Carolina suffocates you. Well, he has that bulldog tenacity and that speed to kind of counter that. And I can kind of see that role for him. Like we were talking about, like, what do you do with Savoy? Do you play him on the fourth line? Well, if you had your druthers and you're really trying to be a competitive team and win every night, Rusek might be the better fit for that role on a wing, right? So I think that's kind of where I see him. Training camp is going to be fun. Yeah. The, the competitive nature of these rosters when they're alternating, you know, and those preseason games, it's going to be really fun to watch and it's going to bring out the best in all the players. And then yeah. Roseanne and all of it. Yeah. Roseanne, to me, I like his game. I want to see more. Another offseason. It's the same type of script I think that we have with Savoy. Core strength, upper body strength, shoulders just get a little bigger. You got to remember, like, he's still young. A lot of people just look at the player now when he's still a teenager and say, this guy's so small. Yeah, well, look at Casey Middlestad six years ago when he was drafted. Look at him now. Look at Alex Tuck. Look at Tage Thompson when they're the same age. Look at him now. Darlene, look at Darlene. Darlene. And all of them, all of them, okay? Yeah. So I think with Rosane, an off-season of training, another start to the year in Rochester, let's face it, the reality of the NHL is that there's going to be times where they're going to need it to call him up and get him some games. He'll be better for it. For me, he doesn't come into camp next year because of some of the aforementioned guys that we've already talked about or situations that we've talked about. But, I mean, he had, you know, I want him to be a 25-goal scorer in Rochester next year. And then you start talking about him for that roster, take a run at a full-time roster spot in 24-25. That's kind of how I see Roseanne right now. But no, no drop-off in talent. I mean, he's he's looking good, he's moving in the right direction. And that's he's he he exceeded my expectations this year. Mm-hmm. Even strength goals. Yes. Agreed. You know what I mean? It wasn't all power, but it's even strength production. And let's yeah. be let's be mindful of that. Now, the Sabres have so many prospects, right? I mean, they can't all play in Buffalo. Oh. And do you expect that all of these guys that we're talking about have NHL futures, like good NHL futures in their, in their site? And it's not even including like the likes of Olivier Nadeau, right? And Noah Oslin and Ryan Johnson, who we're still awaiting word, like what's going on with Ryan Johnson. So are all these prospect NHL prospects, or do we see that being like, we're, we're really optimistic about them just because, It, this is our market? I would say that's a great question. And, and the honest answer is that I think the three first rounders that you had last year, Savoy, Oslin, Kulik, are NHL players. I think there's another bucket of prospects, regardless of their position. Let's talk about, because they're all, all the Sabres prospects are performing really well statistically mm-hmm. against their peer groups this year. Okay. But if you look at Olivier Nadeau, if you look at uh, Sevalad Kamarov, the defenseman. Mm-hmm. If you look at Jake Richard, who's got 31 yeah. goals in 56 games in the USHL this year, he's got plenty of time to go and mature at, at UConn. They have traits of guys that can have NHL futures. What's going to make or break them is developing more power in their skating game. It's going to be developing a little bit more speed, two, three-step acceleration, because that's going to make or break their ability to play against the world's best every night. So 
the, that's when you start talking about potential. Those are three guys that I think have potential. I'm not going to sit here and put them on a pedestal to say that they're surefire NHL players. Those other three, though, the three, mm-hmm. the, the triplets from last year, those are NHL players to me for sure. And hey, let's and let's not forget Poltapov, probably a couple of years down the line, mm-hmm. Nuchev, maybe assign him. Um, yeah. Novikov, maybe assign him, right? These guys are also guys that I would put maybe in between those two buckets. Yeah, and then somewhere in there is uh, the developing, um, you know, story that is Kisikoff in Rochester, and you know, it's easy to look at him physically and think, yeah, like a couple of years here, and who knows? Because the skill set is is so good, and it's it's really fun. Like when it pops, you're like, oh my gosh! But the reality is, is like this is a really daunting physical challenge for him. And then you have, you know, similar age, but. Um, I don't even know what the best term is minimized expectations, but then such growth over a calendar year in Kozak, you know, yeah. that he ended up in Rochester unexpectedly. Like, how do you view those players right now? And, and the kind of year that each of them has had respectively. I think stashing these secondary prospects, we'll call them in Rochester for multiple years is a great thing. That's what Detroit yes. used to do when they were kind of running the league for many years. And, yeah. you know, so like Kozak a couple of years off, you're starting to get these players that fill different roles. They're not all going to be goal scorers. They're not all going to be top six forwards, right? So it's like, and we talked, we just talked about with Rusek. So I think like Kozak, I love the defensive acumen and his ability, just like what he did in Portland last year in that post-draft mm-hmm. year. He was out there playing against the opposition's best forwards every night. You want to see him develop into that, in my opinion, at the AHL level next year, start building that resume. Um, Kizikov. To me, I love the technical skill. Everything's done in straight lines. He's almost like a, um, a more in control of Finneganov, if you think about it. Like, a Finneganov to me, sometimes there's always like a, a balloon. Crazy that, legs. Like, yeah. The air was like running out of the balloon. The balloon's just going everywhere, you know? Kizikov's <laughs> a little more in control. He's a little more on rails. Um, but same thing. Cultural acclimation, hockey development. That's a yeah. multi-year process. A kid like that, just stick with it, man. Just yeah. stick with it you know, earn your stripes at the HL level, you'll get your chance. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Because you said stick with it. I was listening to somebody talk about when the Detroit Red Wings were really good, how they hang on, they hung on to players in the AHL, maybe a year or even two years longer than what most people would have thought because they're like, that guy's still playing in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they had that luxury, right? To mm-hmm. say, we can have you in the AHL because we don't need to rush you. Is that what we need to expect maybe from the Sabres is having that luxury that maybe some of those guys are going to spend an extra year in Rochester? Like the top end may graduate right away, but the other guys, and and this could become the the foundation from for what they will be good and 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 able to replace talent for the next 10 years. 100 man. That's it checks so many objectives off if you had the ability to do that. You're going to install that winning tradition in Rochester. You got to do it right. Pay veterans Mm -hmm. a couple hundred grand to be full-time players down there in Rochester and keep surrounding your young players with mature AHL, very good AHL guys, whether it's your Sean Malone's, your Michael Mersh's. Starts a winning tradition down there. You start to ramp them up. Then you also have some currency and flexibility at the trade deadline when you're going and you're in that position to become that team that's a buyer. That's what the Sabres fans are just waiting for the day when the Sabres are buyers, right? Mm-hmm. So keep developing that currency 
install that winning tradition. And by the way, if you're building something special up here with these young players, that Kizikov, that Kozak, they're like, I want to be up there. I want to be in Buffalo. Just like all these young guys in the locker room are saying, I want to be here. Those young guys in Rochester are going to want to be doing those end of the year scrums, hopefully after they win a cup or a couple of playoff rounds, right? With Paul Hamilton and all these guys saying how great it is to be in Buffalo. Jordan LaBarber, let me, let me get a, let me get a plug for JLB, but that's, (laughs) but that's kind of how I feel about it all. And, and let's reset expectations guys. Yeah. Let's properly cook the kids in Rochester. Let's not be in such a damn hurry to rush them up. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, I mean, you have to respect the contributions of those in the middle. And I remember asking about this uh, a while ago with, with Seth was, you know, we talked about Rusek, but the reality is the Byros and the Murrays of the world, they still believe that they can get a look here, right? And I, I, so whether you are able to hang on to them for another year and, and keep having them as leaders of the Emirates because they were asked to be leaders of the team this year. And despite how young this group was, there they were, could have very well had second in the division when it was all said and done, right? So I think a lot of credit deserves to be, uh, you know, thrown in the direction of players like that as well. What's that guy, Jerry Mayhew? What's, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, like the veteran guys. Yeah. Uh, oh my you know, gosh. You need guys like that, right? A couple so of years like- ago, I was convinced. I mean, and he did earn himself NHL time because he'd had such a good year uh, with Minnesota. Minnesota. One of those, oh my gosh. I mean, his... Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean, as long as you don't lose the love of the game, you can still have a pretty significant place in all of this, right? Pay That's how guys. I look at it. Yeah, man. Pay those guys. Yes. Pay those guys 250. Yeah. You know, 300, yeah. whatever it takes to to get them to, you know, in two, you know, I mean, two way, make them so they're hard to claim. But like a biro, a couple yeah. of those guys, Murray, you got to retain them, mm-hmm. knowing that they're probably going to be in Rochester but they're there right at the top of the pecking order to get the call when they're needed. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out how to massage those situations with each player to retain them. Yeah. How so big is the playoffs this year for those guys in Rochester? And where do you see their development? Just like last year, they went three rounds, right? Like the play-in rounds and then two. Um, this year, they don't get to play in the play-in round, but still, um, like, how far – do they need to go to really gain that experience that we want all of them to gain? You'd love to see them at least get to the conference final. I mean, they have the talent. Um, they'll get, they'll get the goaltending. I think when push comes to shove there, you know, I think they have a nice, I love Davies. I love Prow. I love kind of that veteran leadership that they have. I think they're there to foster a good environment, get the pucks of the forwards and they just got to get healthy. Got to yeah. get viral back, you know, got to get, I know, I know Kulik and I think, um, Kozak. you know, Kulik Kozak. Back and Kozak Got to get Byro and Warren back, especially mm-hmm. Byro, get him down the middle. But um, no, I think, you know, that that rough stretch the Sabres went through was, you know, I think part partially they were a young team and they didn't have those extended playoff runs when those guys were in the AHL. That's what Kevin Adams talks about mm-hmm. is that, you know, you got to get them, get them going. So I think it's critical. Get a few rounds going because all these young guys are going to be better for it, not just for next year, but the rest of their career. Well, the last one for me would be back to the blue line. Um, and obviously Matt's Lindgren and Marty, you're going to laugh at this Remember, It was only a week or so ago. I was Shoot out. I, no, but I was telling you about Matt's Lindgren and his uh, quote unquote, back to back four point games. Oh yeah. 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 Well, they had a scoring change. So one of them became a three point game. So when he got a point last game, he was back to eight points in his last eight games. So anyway, <laughs> that being said, 
it has been a really strong finish to the regular season and carryover start to the playoffs for Mats Lindgren and the other defenseman most talked about in this market right now is Ryan Johnson. A quick thought on each of those and, you know, where their futures are. Yeah, I would say don't judge Matt Lindgren by his points, judging by the player development work that's been done with him. He was known as an offensive defenseman coming in, and the whole mission this year was to get him to get more of a two-way look to his game and just play simple defensively because he's really good transition, really good breaking out. They use him as a bumper on the power play. He's going to get his points. He's going to be a good passer, and he's a very good technical skater. So I think, you know, longer term, as he's another guy that gets stronger and bigger, he's just going to be more effective as he continues to build that defensive work, uh, that defensive look to his game. Johnson, I, I don't know what we're waiting for. He should see the opportunity here, get him in. But I mean, I've, you know, he's not returning my calls, guys. He's not returning my calls, but I don't know what's going on. But no, I, I think that, um, you know, I think for him, you know, here's the funny thing is like, and I, I don't want to say there's nepotism going on, right? But isn't his father an assistant coach with the Kings? It's yeah. like, I could see, you know, people in his ear, um, you know, and that whole group of guys that, you know, all those players that are, have already left the Gophers program. I think a lot of those guys were connected to some very, you know, um, influential sports agencies. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they were, he was getting a lot of opinions thrown at him about how he should handle the situation. But again, the opportunity is here in Buffalo. And I think he would really fit in well. You know, I want guys that have defensive core competency got plenty of guys that are going to score points getting guys that can defend so selfishly if somebody just likes to sit down and watch good hockey i'd like to see him here in buffalo in the system yeah and just keep keep giving me great skaters like you absolutely have to have that yes. <laughs> so yeah give me that all day long oh. one last thing Duffron johnson is like i think what he decides has a direct impact on how they handle the draft strategy you know so the first domino yeah. is johnson the second domino is going to be the um the lottery oh. on may 8th because that's going to dictate where you go. Well, what about but, the draft? Who's your early, early guy to keep an eye on here for where the uh, Sabres will be? Come on. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, hey, listen, I, I, I'm already, come on. That's what I was doing last night. I'm getting ready for the draft. I think that, um, you know, I, I still, it's the same talk track, I think, is what we had this time last year. You got to reload the defensive core. Yes. Yeah. You're going to see some guys like David Reinbacher. He's going to get steamed up as a right-handed defenseman who played for Cloten this year. He's a, you know, Swiss kid. Uh, Austrian kid who plays in the Swiss league, tough minutes, 19 minutes this year against uh, professionals. There's, you know, you're going to hear a little bit from this. Uh, you saw him at world juniors, Axel Sandine Pelica, mm -hmm. very much offensive. I'm not sure if he's for me for the situation, because I want guys that are like Samuelson, big, big defensemen, defensive minded. They have the reach. They can shut down, swallow forwards on the wall. Um, I think there's so this uh, Gulyayev kid who plays in the Omsk program. I think we should be talking about him in the next mm -hmm. couple of weeks. He's a very dynamic two-way defenseman from Russia. Not the biggest guy, but he plays big. I'll throw another one at you. Um, Dmitry Simishev. Mm. Another Russian kid. 6'4", 200 pounds. Left shot, don't care. Probably one of the best defensive defensemen. You might be able to get him late in the first if you trade back in i don't know if a guy like that's going to be there with that philly pick that they picked up that yeah. that wrist align and trade the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> but i think that you know i'm going to be ready to talk a lot about defensemen if you can't tell what um, about quentin musty come on man oh i'm getting there <laughs> Not two months dude no but i love quentin Musty. Want it now i i love no I, I like his game he's another kid he just got better and better he's become really like a mature human also, um, uh, I would just love based on where the Sabres are at and having a hometown product 
like him would be amazing. My son works out with him, Bakes. My son works out with him. He said, oh, he goes, he got to be a man this year. He's like, (laughs) and he's a year younger, right? He's an 05. My son's an 04 and he works out with a bunch of 03s and 02s or whatever. And, And he goes, he's a man this year. But anyway, so I love Musty. I think he was pretty good. I could see that kid snapping the puck around in a couple of years with some of these prospects that the Sabres have. And that kid could shoot. You know, Musty can really he shoot can that puck. And, but I think he became a more complete player this year. Every time I checked in on, on Sudbury, kind of, you know, he's a Hamburg guy. You got to kind of track all these Hamburg. Like, I'm a Hamburg, right? He's, um, I, I was impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Where I wasn't questioning things. You just knew that he had to get a little better in, in certain areas. And I think he made improvements off the puck. Skating's good. Mm-hmm. But the, the shot is, he's, he's NHL caliber, pretty close to it already for a young guy. So nice. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. Last one for you, Marty. Uh, no, I just, uh, who is your pick to win the, uh, Stanley cup? I guess we're in playoff that's, mode. That's your... what I was going to ask. Well, okay. done. it was your oh. pick to win the Stanley cup. I don't want to say Boston because it's so chalky. Um, I feel dirty rooting for Tampa, but I'd feel dirtier rooting for Toronto. I'm going to go. So how, I, how I, dirty I would you be to cheer for Vegas? Vegas. Oh. Uh, like, uh, no, I, I, um, no, honestly, I, I I mean, look, Boston's going to be hard to beat. They're deep, mm. you know, missing yeah. Bergeron. They, I mean, out of the lineup, they just looked like a well-oiled machine last night watching that game. I want, I want LA. I just want yes. LA to just make this run. Yeah. I, no one's talking about him. No one gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like Luke. He's just such a good guy. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. would love to see it. I know they're egregious underdogs, but man, I would love to see it. But I think Boston, I, I just don't see a team beating Boston. Marty, did you ever say who you predicted this year? Or is that I for have, is that for regular scheduled the, Monday to Friday eh, programming only? Right now I have the Bruins, but I like to take it one round at a time. But I did the full bracket yeah. and I did have the Bruins beating the Avalanche in the finals. So Okay. I have not committed. I will do so later on in the week, somewhere along the way on MSG or WGR. Bakes, awesome job today. You actually have me excited about something that I've tried not to get excited about. So <laughs> that is, well, that's thank the you draft. for having me. Yeah. No. Oh, hey, anytime when you want to, let's book it already. Like let's yes. get, Jeff, uh, let's get, let's get the next one book. Cause I'm, I'm okay. ready to rock on that, but Hey, thank you for having me. I always appreciate the time with you guys. You bet. And folks, thanks for being with us here on Sabres live overtime. We'll see you soon. 